to the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 135 of the podcast. And in this episode, I speak about watching Cobra Kai Season 2, Sneaky Pete Season 3, John Wick 3, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Stick around to hear me shoot the shit for a while on those movies and shows. But first, a way that you can help support the podcast. Are you a fellow writer or creative of some kind? If you are, here's a really cool way you can help support this podcast. Go to sponsorate.com forward slash questionnaire. The first line at the very top of the page says... If your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? And that's what this questionnaire is about. There are five open-ended questions, which are designed to not only show some insight into you and your creative process, but the answers to these questions could help out others in a myriad of ways. The first question is, related to your craft, do you remember the first thing that you ever wrote or created? The second question is, what inspires you to write or create? Third question, what is a hobby that you have that is unrelated to your craft? This could be anything from what you're currently reading, a show you're watching, or something you're experimenting with. Question four is, how do you get yourself to sit down and do your work when you're not motivated to. And lastly, question five is, do you have any advice for other writers or creatives, whether they're new, seasoned, or otherwise? And the best part is that I share your responses on air here on the podcast. I give you a shout out, unless you choose the Remain Anonymous feature at the bottom. And it's a cool way for you to promote any of your stuff that you have out there i'll point folks to your website etc completely free while at the same time helping out fellow creatives and listeners of this podcast that can gain some knowledge from the responses and answers that you provide again check out the spun today questionnaire at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire First up is Cobra Kai Season 2. Cobra Kai, for those of you that don't know, is a YouTube original series, if I'm not mistaken. It's like their first, like, banger original content show. And it's a really good show that plays into the whole nostalgia craving that seems to be going on with shows like uh, Stranger Things and seems to be going on more so with my generation, for example, in my mid-30s. So my 80s baby that grew up in the 90s. And this is a show based on the very successful Karate Kid movies from back then. And they bring back all the old characters. And it's like a where are they now uh, type of situation. And the show to me continues to like toe the line between dope and cheesy at times. But definitely much more on the dope side in my opinion. And by cheesy, I don't mean it like too much in a negative way. 
Um, although, like, if it was only that, the show would probably be unwatchable. But like I said, it it does a good job of of towing the line. Um, but just to be clear, what I'm referring to in terms of cheesy is it's pretty much lines that you can see coming like a mile away and predictable responses like and this isn't an exact example because I can't think of one off the top of my head. But while I was watching the show, things that I heard that I knew were coming and were kind of like, ugh, it's kind of like on the nose, you know, like, I don't know, like if a character says, are you mad? And the other one responds, don't worry about if I'm mad. I don't get mad. I get even, you know, like some shit like that. That's kind of like, ugh, it's a little cheesy. But like I said, there's much less of that, although it is sprinkled throughout the series. And there's much more, there's much more entertaining and good writing and engaging storylines. A lot of the fight scenes are, I guess, a little on the, not cheesy side, but like choreographed um, type side. You know, it's not like a, I mean, I know all shows and movies, like the fight scenes are choreographed, but it's not like a John Wick, for example, which I'll, I'll speak to later on in this episode. It's not like that type of fighting. It's, you know, high school kids doing karate. But they're not just doing like katas and sometimes there are actually like dope moves and believable punches and kicks. Which come to think about it, it might be like that cheesiness that, that I'm referring to. Thinking about it a bit in in retrospect, kind maybe maybe it's necessary to like pull this type of show off. Cause it's like such a nostalgic show that was that is based on those original eighties movies, you know. That had a lot of vanilla wax on, wax off type of the good guy always wins type of delivery. So maybe you need to pull some of that from that time period into now to kind of build on the authenticity of the show or to try to make it, try to link it, you know what I mean? Try to make it feel like then. But it is very much a, a show of the times now as well aside from the nostalgia because you know obviously it takes place now you know kids have technology and phones and uh deals with like the the bullying that kids go through and you know modern day bullying i guess i would say because we all go through like bullying and shit like that right growing up but you know back then it was just like if it happened it happened in school and stayed in school it wasn't like now where like follows kids around and like social media and shit like that so the show touches on stuff like that and it does show you know it does have uh kids cursing cussing um which i like because you know it's a bit more realistic kids fucking curse it shows uh johnny and daniel uh rubbing off on each other i feel like johnny becomes more like daniel and daniel becomes a little more like johnny like they pick up traits from each other um which we also saw in season one and what this show does a great job of doing and it continued to do in this season is showing makes you empathize with Johnny Johnny's character which was the bad guy in the movies from the 80s and Daniel's kind of like snobby but you know he's still like the quote-unquote the good guy and just has like a like a chip on his shoulder whenever he gets around Johnny because he thinks that Johnny's just like you know the same guy he was back in the day 
which like bullied him and was a good martial artist, but like fought dirty and stuff like that. Um, but I like how they're completely like juxtapositioned in a lot of different ways. Uh, Johnny's character and Daniel's character. Like when it comes to personality, you know, Daniel's like kind of like with the times and runs a business and he knows about technology. He's like the cool, loving dad. Uh, his personal life, you know, he's married, has a stable, stable life, runs the car dealership businesses. Uh, financially, he's well off. And then, yeah, personality wise, you have Johnny who's like kind of like a grumpy, drinks a lot, um, loner type of guy. His personal life, you know, he lives in a like a rundown apartment that he doesn't like take care of and clean and worked odd jobs before deciding to take some initiative and open up the dojo, the Cobra Kai dojo, but definitely doesn't have much money. And then him and Daniel have this bond and this like history together that's tied together with karate as the common denominator there. Then um, they're further juxtaposed. Uh, juxtapositioned barely got that word out in that Johnny's like main pupil is like the good kid in the show whereas Daniel's main pupil is the bad kid which happens to be Johnny's son and then Johnny's son is now dating Daniel's daughter which is I feel like is gonna like cause uh, some riff there but she also used to date the good kid, which is under Johnny's wing, and they still have like their little like love connection or whatever. There's a lot of potential for like drama there, which actually led to um, the main fight scene at the end of the series. But I'll get to that in a second. Before I get to that, I just want a couple more points on the show is that uh, it was dope to see uh, Johnny's crew like reunite, like all the like the four or five guys that were together back in the day like in the in the movies that used to like you know dress up in like that skeleton uniform like on halloween and mr miyagi like fucked them up when they like jumped daniel um those guys you know one of them is johnny obviously and uh the other four um came back well three of the four came back and were on the show it was actually pretty fucking sad you get like teary-eyed and shit at least I did, um, because even though these guys were like the piece of shit, like bullies or whatever, the show again does a great job of making you empathize and seeing like the other side and, and realizing that there are multiple sides to every story. And Johnny was the way he was because you know he didn't have a, a father in his life, and uh, he found uh, John Kreese, uh, this dojo guy uh, of Cobra Kai, the original Cobra Kai, that you know pretty much gave him an ideology to follow of a no-nonsense, no-mercy approach to things and, you know, finish off the week and stuff like that, which is why he became a bully and, like, him and his whole crew were uh, part of that uh, Cobra Kai, like, bring-up and mentality. And in these scenes, like, you see them all, like, reflecting now as adults, like, talking how John Kreese, like, really fucked them up. And, you know, one of them is, like, a minister now, the other one is, I forget what he was, but he seemed, you know, like a like a normal um, put-together dude. Um, you know, Johnny's trying to get his life together. Even mentions to them that uh, Kreese is kind of back in the picture, that he showed up. I suppose he's changed and he's different. 
and they're all like taken aback by it like yo be careful with that guy you know he's a shady dude and then one of them one of the guys is uh, dying from brain cancer then the character that they didn't show uh, was dutch but they mentioned him uh saying that he was in prison for 20 years so he just went down the wrong path and so forth but we found out like in in real life in reality the actor that played dutch is no longer in show business and turned down the role um to like come back and stuff um so that's why they they wrote him off pretty much like that saying that he's in prison for 20 years um anyway it's a sad scene because uh tommy one of the guys that's dying of brain cancer they you know all meet up again because of that situation and you know it's terminal he's gonna die soon they get to the hospital they all you know hug and and reminisce and shit and decide to go out for like one more ride you know get some motorcycles you you know because back in the day they all used to have like dirt bikes and stuff um get some motorcycles and go camping and then they did that you know they pretty much busted uh tommy out of the hospital and he wound up dying um like the camp they had like a great night together drank chilled and um then the next morning they woke up and he was dead like in his sleeping bag which was sad um but it was definitely cool to see like that reunion then uh johnny more and more you know does not agree with the whole no mercy approach and he tries to teach his students like a uh you know away from that but john crease or i forget his name i think it's john maybe not whatever crease the you know he's back in the picture a bit and he's like manipulating the like the kids and seeing which ones um would rather have the no mercy approach and while johnny is like out dealing with tommy and the loss of his friend and stuff like that crease you know stepped in as kind of like the co-sensei and but you know he's manipulating the kids like this and you can see like the break and attention like between them johnny comes back and tells him you know it's not working out i don't want you here anymore this and that crease kind of agrees and and leaves and then you know there's always this big us versus them kind of thing between the cobra kai dojo and the new miyagi do dojo which consists of again johnny's son as daniel's like main pupil uh daniel's daughter and then a bunch of other kids that were the quote-unquote weaklings from cobra kai that found a home with miyagi do so there's these like two teams and they all go to the same high school and there's always like tension and beef between them and in the last scene of or one of the the last episode rather of the season there's like this big fight that you know the the tension like boiled over and there's a big fight between all of them and long story short which is actually a pretty a pretty cool uh fight scene and long story short miguel which is the quote-unquote good kid that is johnny's pupil um remembers the whole like no mercy uh lesson or you know going away from the whole no mercy thing and even though he him and robbie have gone back and forth Miguel decides not to like completely end off Robbie or whatever and like lets his guard down a bit then Robbie winds up I guess thinking it seemed like from his perspective he he thought like the fight wasn't over yet um and he wound up kicking Miguel 
like it's like roundhouse kick type of thing and but miguel was like by a balcony and wound up falling over and he falls and lands on a on a staircase railing and breaks his neck so then he's like in the hospital and shit and it pretty much ends with him like in a coma and johnny ironically enough was kind of like a father figure in miguel's life and he kind of had a thing with his mom um in this season he had a bit of a fling and uh she like blames him for everything so obviously that's kind of over and uh he winds up drinking going back to his dojo um only to find that crease is back and he's there with like a subset of the cobra kai guys and like teaching them his like no mercy ways and then he finds out that crease fucked him over with like the paperwork while he was gone and stuff like that and kind of put cobra kai back in his name fuck johnny out of cobra kai then johnny like goes off by himself he's on the beach and winds up taking his phone flinging it towards the towards the water throws his car keys and like kind of sort of like walks away from everything then it shows on his phone a friend request or a message like a facebook message from ali mills which was his girlfriend from back in the day that daniel LaRusso that wound up breaking up with him and then getting with daniel which was daniel's like love interest from uh the movies and she sends a message so it's kind of like a cliffhanger where we expect to see her now in season three which is pretty interesting she's like the like the one that got away for him and also for daniel even though daniel now is married and stuff but it's gonna be interesting to introduce that character in an, in the next season so yeah i definitely enjoyed it and that is my recap of cobra kai season two next up is sneaky pete season three this season to me is about survival it's like everybody seems to be surviving or trying to get over past something and it's like doing what you have to do to get out of any situation that you're in as marius has done since like the beginning i think like seasons one and two and it's kind of like implicit in like the theme of the show right the whole con artist thing it's like you do one con to get out of something and then that leads you to another con that then has like a few sub cons they have to do just to pull off that con because of unexpected situations that come up and stuff like that um so it's definitely more of that from the perspective of Marius's character played by Giovanni Ribisi um but now Julia uh, has to do the same thing as well just to stay out of prison because they she let someone on bail go and run away to Canada and they found out about that and she was letting her go because she was like pregnant and she was like fleeing some like bad situation that I don't remember exactly from season two but it caught up with her and there's a chance that she could go to prison and obviously lose her kids to her estranged ex-husband who happens to be her lawyer at least until she could afford her own because you know he is a lawyer although he doesn't really practice like that type of law supposedly carly um is trying to track down her mom which she thinks is alive so lila actually surviving the accident is another uh survival you know in line with the whole survival theme uh lila is the mother of julia and carly and taylor that supposedly died in a bad car accident many years ago but carly for some reason 
believed that she was alive and well and she just like survived that accident but ran away and left them all behind so she like went to california and tried to track her down and met her great grandfather that supposedly has seen her and also co-signed the story that she's alive and then it turns into carly and audrey which is her grandmother which is like the rock of the family Audrey hesitantly helping Carly, but really she just wants Carly to go back home because she doesn't believe Lila's alive, but then she starts believing that Lila's alive. And then a few of the of the episodes just turn into like a whole bunch of the family trying to trying to track down uh Lila. Long story short, winds up being uh Pete's mom that uh, was pretending to be Lila. Or at least that's how it seemed. And um what else? What else? Taylor having to uh, try to survive and stay a cop because he, he was uh, suspended and they wanted him to actually uh, quit being on the force. Uh, Marius had to survive all of uh, his ex-girlfriend's sabotage. Uh, his ex-girlfriend Lizzie is a big character in this season's show and is like the quintessential manipulative psycho ex-girlfriend. So there's a lot of this uh, survival stuff going on. What else was dope from this season? Uh, Jeff Ross is in it, which is really cool. I like Jeff Ross. He's a comic. You guys have heard me speak about him in the past. Now, there was a really cool character in this called T.H. Vignetti. He's a very interesting character, especially the way the way he was he he was played by someone named Ricky J. And I didn't know anything about Ricky J. But he is a, or was a musician, I'm sorry, a magician, like magic guy, uh, author and actor. And he actually died during the taping of this season. And there's actually a really cool, like, tribute piece to him um, within, like, the, the season, like, the season extras or whatever, like, the bonus features uh, that you can check out. Um, and I actually featured Ricky Jane, one of my, uh, video of his in one of my newsletters. Um, cause suppose he was like such a dope magician. I like looked up some, some like tricks that he's done, like card tricks and stuff like that. And it was really cool. Like one of them was dope enough for me to want to feature it as a video of the week in the spun today, midday, Monday boost letter. Which, by the way, is absolutely free, and you can subscribe to it anytime at spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe. So he wound up, uh, he was a dope character this season, and he wound up dying during the taping of the season, and the writers had to adjust, like, the storyline because of it. So that, that that was an interesting factoid. Now, the bad news is that the season is not being renewed, or the series, rather, is not being renewed for a fourth season, which I do not understand why. I mean, I know just because I like it doesn't mean it should stay on the air, but it would be nice. <laughs> um, but it is surprising because I've always heard like positive things about it. Like I hadn't heard anything negative. I think it has like a really high score on, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's created by Brian Cranston, which is like anything that he's behind is obviously dope. Or maybe not obviously, but you definitely give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Has a great cast, really good acting. And yeah, it was announced that it's it's not being renewed. Even though I have heard, but only in like one one article, like buzz about 
um, them reconsidering, and by them I mean Amazon reconsidering um, creating a fourth season. But you know, if they if they don't, uh, it did end kind of, you know, it had like a satisfying, like a graceful ending. But it does leave within the world that that was built by the show. It does leave a lot unanswered. Things like what's up with Maris's brother. Uh, what's up with Lizzie, Marius' psycho ex-girlfriend. They you see dive into the water at the end, like, trying to chase these diamonds. Was it, but it doesn't show her, like, drowning or anything. Um, the obviously, like, the chemistry between Marius and Julia, like, what's up there? Now that Julia knows that Marius is not uh, her cousin Pete. Uh, the family doesn't know that Marius is not Pete. And is that ever going to be like satisfied or is that just gonna be like a unknown known type of thing uh and also the real pete what's up with him he's just gonna stay like a fugitive on the run go back to prison you know i got questions and i would like to have them answered at least one more season i think would be good four seasons is dope for a show but if not it was a, a very good body of work um with three seasons so yeah, that's my take on season three of Sneaky Pete. Hopefully not the last, but probably seems like it is. John Wick 3. Fucking Keanu Reeves is the fucking man. This like John Wick series is so action-packed. It's awesome. It's great. And this is definitely one of the most realistic looking fight scene having movies. I've heard things like that being said not just by me and my untrained eyes but you know people that are legit martial artists like the joe rogans and brendan Schaub's, and you could definitely see like the fight scene choreography differences between uh, a movie like this and a show like cobra kai but again it's obviously two different things I'm, i just want to tie that point off that i made earlier in this episode uh in this movie he had more even more fucking people against him it's it's like the entire fucking subculture world that they're 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 in was like gunning for him um which built up the suspense that much more so it wasn't just like a subset of that world like in the previous uh, two movies it was like everybody and their mother so if you like action if you're interested in dope fight scenes with like weapons and just like great jujitsu and striking and like some MMA looking like level type fighting. Definitely watch this movie. Check it out. Um, to that point, Halle Berry's in it, which is always a pleasure. Halle Berry's dope. And she has been in multiple like action movies. Um, most notably as Storm from the X-Men. And they asked her, you know, what's been your most, like, daunting or hard to, like, pull off action movie? And she said, hands down, it was uh, John Wick. That the, the fight scenes and the stuff she had to learn was, like, nothing else. It was super intense. And she said this during an episode of Hot Ones, uh, which, if you guys don't know, is a dope interview show that you guys can watch on the First We Feast channel. Uh, available on YouTube and sean evans is the host and they interview like 
a vast array of like guests, dope guests, famous people, you know, Halle Berry, Deezus Samaro, Eddie Huang, Shaq, Tom Segura, Joy Diaz, Bert Kreischer, the who's who. It's a really good interview show. And <laughs> they, they um eat progressively hotter wings while they're while the show is going on. So it was like dope to see the reaction of people to the more intense and more intense hot sauces as the show goes on. So anyway, during this show, she Halle Berry says that she wound up breaking, I think, like two or three ribs during the taping of the show. That's how intense like these scene, these fight scenes actually are. But yeah, uh, speaking of hot ones, by the way, you can actually buy the hot sauces featured in the show. And I got a... Uh, for Father's Day, actually. They've been sold out, like, since. Since then. Uh, but recently, like, last week, I got, for Father's Day for my wife. Thank you, babe. A, like, gift set of these Hot Ones uh, hot sauces. And I got the uh, the bundle that they actually uh, bottle uh, for the show. It's, like, their own proprietary hot sauce. And it's made here uh, in New York, in Brooklyn. I got the first one, which is the classic, uh, like the sixth or seventh one, which is called Los Calientes. And by sixth or seventh, I mean like progressively hotter. And then the very last, the twelfth one, which is the last dab, which is the hottest, hottest one that they have. I recorded, which I still have to edit and, and put up for you guys, but I recorded the Spun Today version of Hot Ones, the Spun Today Hot Ones crossover, if you will of me similar to on the show on the actual hot one show you know eating the wings and um telling you guys how it is so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that i'll be dropping it on instagram and youtube within like the next week or so i just need a little time to to upload it edit it and you know make it cool for you guys but definitely check it out it was an experience i'll say that but yeah back to john wick the Movie ends up with them pretty much, um, like I think in the post credits, it kind of sets up for a fourth one where Morpheus and Neo get to team up again to take on the world. See what I did there? Anyway, John Wick 3, the movie, check it out. Dope, dope, dope. I can't say it enough. Dope fight scenes. Last up is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So this movie is the ninth movie by Quentin Tarantino. And he has said, I believe, since before... I don't know if it was before Reservoir Dogs or his first movie or whatever, which I believe is Res- Reservoir Dogs. Um, But he said that he's only going to make 10 movies. And... I believe he counts the Kill Bill 1 and 2, or 1, 2, and 3 if there's a third. Or maybe there's just, there's just two. Um, I think he counts those as one. And by that count, this is his ninth, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which means there's only one more coming, if he actually sticks to that. But, yeah, this was... Obviously, all of Quentin Tarantino's movies are quality... You're going to get dope dialogue, uh, which you absolutely get in this one. 
the storyline is about a actor that is washing up, I would say. Like, he's not completely washed up, but he's definitely on the tail end of uh, washing up. And has, like, one last, like, hurrah. But he's uh, definitely in the tail end of his career. And him dealing with being this big-time star from, like, a decade or two ago to this new reality where he's a watch the back there. And that gentleman is played by Leonardo DiCaprio that you see go through these emotions as this watch the back actor. Like, it's like an actor playing an actor. And he does it so well, so dope, so believably that it's just like it's I know a lot of people have said this and whenever Leonardo DiCaprio or like a big name like that has a role, everybody's like, oh, it's an Oscar winning role or whatever. But this is like one of those that actually saw that, you know what I mean? Like I saw, yeah, this is an Oscar winning role or an Oscar worthy performance or whatever you call it. Uh, There's this scene that has gotten some controversy with uh, Bruce Lee in it. And they say that they made Bruce Lee kind of sound like a like an idiot, like a douchey idiot. And I honestly, I thought that I was going to have that same type of reaction. Um, once I heard, uh, I heard that uh, criticism of it, but I actually didn't. I thought it was like really funny. Um, they, it's like a, a scene where Brad Pitt, who's also in the movie and plays the... He was like the stunt double of Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's character when he was like at the top of his game and had like this big, big time show from back in the day um, and movies and stuff like that. But as Leonardo DiCaprio has become like washed up, Brad Pitt's character has just kind of become like his driver and like his right hand man and did like odd jobs for him like around the house and stuff like that. Um so leo gets this role on on set of a movie and 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 talks uh brad pitt into you know getting like a very small part and there's like this behind the scenes thing going on where bruce lee's just like holding core and like talking shit amongst a whole bunch of people and brad pitt included and brad pitt's just sitting there and Bruce Lee's talking about how he could fuck up, like, I don't know, some, like, big dude. I forgot who who he was referencing. And Brad Pitt kind of, like, scoffs at him, kind of, like, laughs. And then Bruce Lee calls him out. And Brad Pitt's like, nah, I don't want any problems or whatever. Uh, don't worry about it. And Bruce Lee's, like, pushing him to tell him, no, like, what the fuck? Why are you laughing? Do you think I can't do that? Um, and then Brad Pitt, who doesn't hold his tongue, you know, he's kind of, like, a badass kind of kind of guy in the movie and says now you know what i think that you're you're a little shit and i'm paraphrasing here but he's like i think you're a little shit uh a little shit chinaman or something like that with a chip on his shoulder and if you really did go at so-and-so he'd probably pick you up and snap you in half and he was like oh you really think that (laughs) bruce lee and then bruce lee challenges him to like some sort of not a fight, but he's like, let's let's have a let's have a wager. If I knock you down first, then I win, and if you knock me down, you win or whatever. I forgot what they were actually betting on, but Brad Pitt was like, all right. And then Bruce Lee does this like the legendary flying through the air like kick that Bruce Lee does. That might as well be like a, a fucking Jordan logo. 
and he kicks Brad Pitt in the chest, and Brad Pitt falls. And it was like, oh. <laughs> and then Brad Pitt asked him if he could do it one more time. I was like, of course, I could do it as much as I want. Bruce Lee, like, indicates or whatever. And then uh, Bruce Lee goes to do it again, and Brad Pitt catches him in midair, flings him around with using his own momentum, and throws him up against the side of a car and completely dents, like, the two doors of the side of the car. <laughs> it was just, like, unexpected and super hilarious. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel bad about that that scene. I thought it was actually pretty dope. And I think Bruce Lee's daughter, like, Shannon Lee, like, she was complaining about how her father was depicted and stuff like that. And I've heard other people say the same. But, again, I thought it was, like, a, a fun, funny scene. That was, like, more about how badass Brad Pitt was than how much of a like quote-unquote doofus or whatever they were trying to make bruce lee out to be um what else what else the ending of the movie kind of like threw me off a bit and i didn't know how to feel about it but now i'm good with it <laughs> uh but it's it's kind of like i had my expectations on i th- i expected to see something that i didn't which is for those of you that that no, and I don't know the story too well, but uh, part of the, the murders that Manson, um, Charles Manson, I guess you could say uh, created or is responsible for, was uh, responsible for, um, were not murders that he himself did, but he had like this cult of like hippies and and like runaways that thought he was a god. And he manipulated them into committing murders. And the most notable of these murders, and I'm not sure if maybe these were the only ones, the were the wife of the actress Sharon Tate, which was the wife, pregnant wife of Roman Polanski, which was or is that director guy that I believe lives in like France or like a country that doesn't have extradition because he like married or was with like an underage girl and like bounced to there and doesn't have extradition but up until that point was like a dope director in hollywood and sharon tate was eight months pregnant at the time and these manson-led little hippie murderers (laughs) wound up in real life like going uh, to this house of these like Hollywood elite quote unquote and committing like a gruesome murder of Sharon Tate with the the baby inside her belly and whoever else was there I think like two or three other people and I expected to see that as kind of like the climax of of the movie because there was like a lot of overlap between like the stories of of uh, Brad Pitt's character mainly and like encountering like these hippie this like hippie commune or whatever and stuff like that but so i expected that to be like the climax of the story but what it wound up being was spoiler alert uh the hippies go into leonardo dicaprio's house which happened to live next door i should have mentioned before to roman polanski and sharon tate they wind up encountering you know the badass brad pitt character uh, Leo's in like his pool with headphones on and stuff, so he doesn't hear what's going on. 
Brad Pitt has like a, a dog that he commands with fucking su- su- subtle movements and shit. A big ass like pit bull, but not a pit bull, but like pit bull looking dog, like one of those brolic ass dogs. It's like a hilariously dope, gory, Quinn Tarantino gory style scene at the end where Brad Pitt winds up fucking them up. These like two hippies. One of the dogs kills one of them, like bites their face off or some shit. Um, Brad Pitt slamming the head of one of the other ones, like on the coffee table. Um, and it was just like a funny but gory scene at the same time. And it was extra funny while like leading up to it. And then Leonardo the cat, uh, the Caprio's character winds up grabbing like a prop that he had from one of his movies, um, from when. Again, when he was like in his heyday, he had like this blowtorch gun. And when he notices something is going on is after like all this fighting and gory shit is going on in the house. One of them flies through the window and lands in, in the pool that Leonardo DiCaprio's in. And he runs and he's like, what the fuck? And he and he grabs this and, you know, this this fucking like girl like jumps up with a knife and she's about to like stab him or whatever. And he runs and grabs this blowtorch and just torches the fuck out of her he like completely la chichara like she's like charcoal and it was just hilarious that it happened with that blowtorch and the way it happened and it was just like sick <laughs> and then it kind of ends with uh like sharon tate and roman polanski kind of asking like what what happened stuff like that and then roman polanski invites him to the house and uh, he obliges he goes and you know he's like this watch the back there that he had mentioned like in the movie like oh my god roman polanski lives next door to me and maybe i could get a role from him and i'll be back and you know like stuff like that so it kind of ends with them like actually befriending him uh leaning on the capro's character and you get the feeling that it's something like that is going to happen he's going to get like his second wind in hollywood and then um, but again, this isn't, I wasn't expecting this. Like I was expecting to see like what actually happened, but then, uh, what flashes above like the scene or whatever is the title of the movie again, which is once upon a time in Hollywood and, you know, like fables and fake stories or whatever start off with once upon a time in a land, blah, 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 blah. So I feel like that was Quentin Tarantino, like reminding folks, you know, this is a fictional story. Obviously, it's a fictional story, but since it's based around real events, um, I felt like that was like his way of saying, remember that this is just a made-up story. Which then made me see it as, uh, you know what, you're right. And I think that's what kind of like made me okay with a bit of like unease that I was feeling of like what actually happened versus what happened in the movie. Which is a testament to, again, Quentin Tarantino and his genius of storytelling. You know, he led me, me at least, to believe the whole time that this story would lead up to that certain point with the actual Manson murders. But it went somewhere else altogether, unexpectedly. It was extremely entertaining and dope in and of itself, like that, that ending scene, and then making you okay with the fact that 
you didn't go where you thought you were going to go. And I think that's masterful. Anyway, folks, that's all I got. That is episode 135 of the Spun Today podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stick around, listen to some tunes in the background, and then hear on a myriad of ways you can help support the show if you so choose. Would you like to receive a short email from me once a week? You know that feeling you have on a Monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. In this short weekly newsletter, you will receive five things. One is a photograph of the week from a photographer. A podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts, dozens and dozens of podcasts, hundreds of episodes. And I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind. And a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntray.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one. For any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating? What inspires you, etc., etc. stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now, you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to. You have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Spun Today podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. 
Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to sponsor.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time uh, PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style store. Now, the Viral Style store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no... I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff, <laughs> but I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a play off of Snoop, Dre and Nate Dogs. smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis if you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service for your account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Sponsor Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar to it, it'll be two dollars a month, basically. And you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis. There are zero fees. You can cancel at any time. No hassle, no bullshit. And it's uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. And also, it's not just like a, for example, uh, a PayPal donation, which is just that. But through Patreon, it allows the creator, in this case being myself, to set up a reward system, if you will. So... If you donate a dollar per episode, you are considered a tier one supporter. If you donate $3 per episode, you are a second tier supporter, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes up to four tiers. And each tier gets different things. Like uh, tier one gets a free Spun Today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast. Tier three gets, uh, gets those two things from tier one as well as... A free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else etc etc so check that out if you will 
and uh, visit my Patreon page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Spun Today. Another great, amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it. This costs you absolutely nothing. Whether you listen on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps. Please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, you know, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, (laughs) it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Spun Today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash spun today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions. For example, with the random rant episodes, you know, I speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone, which is also available on YouTube. But you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks. So check that out. You can also support by checking out my book, Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way. It's a quick, short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation. And you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold, Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, in ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page, and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.